From the Lucha Podcast Network, this is the Mass Startup Podcast. The Mass Startup Podcast profiles the most talented creators, impactful entrepreneurs, and high-performing professionals with the purpose to drive insights, learnings, and tactics to help you build the things that you believe in. That is the award-winning company that Candice was mentioning. And yeah, right now I spend most of my time with Seller, helping with the operations. And yeah, I'll swing it over to Candice. You don't necessarily help with the operations. You are the operations. <laughs> we're keeping it 75 to 25. Hello, my name is Candice Murisele, storyteller, a theater practitioner, television and radio host, and the beautifully blessed co-founder of Sidle Jewelry. So I can confidently entrepreneur to the mix. I know sometimes we call ourselves social entrepreneurs and the business in my line of work as an artist. I do run myself as a business, but I ventured out and I've spread my wings far and wide into the world of jewelry. That is the Sidle group that we have started. Yeah, please tell me more about Sidle and just the work that you've, you guys have had to do to get it set up. So in terms of the story on how we began, I know Nganyas will speak about more of the technicalities of it all, but from the story and the narrative, months ago, many months, I think top of 2021, Nganyas had reached out to me um, saying, hey, listen, and we've known each other for years, thankfully. We have a beautiful background. We both went to VITS together, a mutual friend, also had similar business interests and wanted to pursue more. So we'd worked together on other projects having to do with 4IR, and that was really incredible and quite a successful one. And we promised ourselves that we'd one day work together. He took the initiative and we took the plunge and he just ran a couple of ideas past me. And one thing that I always wanted to get into was jewelry, mm. primarily because I've been a very solid lover of nose rings, which I've worn over the years. But I also knew that some environments were unfavorable for me to wear them, whether it be a certain character. So when I pierced my nose, when I turned 21, I then months later I joined a show where I actually had to remove it but I always was flirting with the idea of getting it back so I found okay what alternative solutions do I have and I realized there was a huge gap in the market because they aren't the clip-on nose rings or these really cute pieces that you could wear it's only just very generic rings so how can we expand past that make it really desirable how do we make it mm. flexible how do we make it versatile how do we make it fun elegant and how do we expand to the plethora of people that are really interested in pieces of that nature outside of just me as an actress yeah and then i ran the idea past him and he ran with the idea and he kick-started everything and it's been an incredible blessing since. Yeah, so speaking about operations and just setting things up, 4IR is just like very much distant future, but online retail is a lot more present. What sort of stack are you guys using to build out your store and what was the experience of setting it up and getting things where they are right now? So WordPress is, I think, if you're not on WordPress, I think 25% of the websites built today are from WordPress. Mm. And it's pretty much, I think, the Play-Doh of the future. So we obviously had a great foundation working with WordPress. The, the world of e-commerce got so many different things besides the technology. There's mm. also comes the marketing part and the influencing part. And I think Candice's brand was an obvious connection to it to make online retail work. But in terms of the setup and the logistics, you know, there were a lot of plugins that we use. Another reason why we use WordPress. And then on top of that, there were a lot of integrations that we had to use in terms of logistics supplier and all that. And we were able to 
bring that all together and that's what would sell us great customer service it's delivery times and obviously the interface of the platform and the apps so we have taken a long starting point of view making sure that we own all of our infrastructure mm. and then we build slowly and we add all our digital tools and our different platforms that you see us marketing yeah. uh, but it all stems from literally having wordpress and the vision and seeing what other tools can we connect to the system yeah so i always thought that the sort of creator economy that's being built up now the thing that people would always realize was that the money wouldn't always come from brands and that at some point all creators will end up having to build products yes i think of you guys as being very early in this game right now yeah. uh, where you know you are a creator and mm -hmm. the work that you're doing outside of just this business is mainly just making indeed and how do you feel about what really motivated you to make this play versus say most creators where they're just waiting for brands to give them money advertise once every four mm -hmm. months rather than try and build a really sustainable business that exists mm -hmm. outside of yourself even Look, I'd flirted with a lot of ideas over the past couple of years, primarily within my immediate line of work, whether it be skills development amongst the youth in the storytelling sphere. I figured, OK, maybe there's a business I can play with there. But I never really imagined that I had the capabilities to go into the world of e-commerce from a structural point of view, from a logistics point of view, from even the technicalities of it all. And here comes Nganyuzu, who's well-versed in that space and he's able to share those expertise with me. So I think together, bringing those elements together of the creativity that I can bring and the, the technicalities and the logistics that he can bring and just really his experience and the wealth of information that he has and knowledge that he has in that space, we're able to then collaborate with that. I honestly think I'd still be waiting. I can very confidently say I'd still be waiting for the right opportunity. Yeah. Or I'd be, or maybe I would have collaborated with someone else at a later stage, but not at the pace and certainly not with the success level that we've had, with the synergy that we've been able to build. So I didn't want to play safe either. I've been very intentional this year about how I align myself, moving away from in front of the camera and wanting to produce, more wanting to direct, more wanting to create the stories. Mm. It also just made sense that I was taking this stance as an entrepreneur and going, listen, Candice, don't wait, take the leap of faith and also make the initiative and take the initiative. and. Here we are today with a beautiful story to tell. Yeah, Gani, so do you think this is just the beginning of this sort of formula? Like <coughs> being able to find really great products that align with great creatives, being able to help them really set up the stuff that comes in at the back, right? So operations, setting up the tools and stuff like that. and really helping them build out businesses instead of just being personal brand. 100%. I think what we're starting to notice right now with everyone coming online so quickly and so rapidly is that we're all in the game of attention. So the creators, they're the best at bringing attention. And now how do you build a sustainable brand behind that? And I think the one thing Candice was very smart to choose is she let go of the upfront check for equity. And I think that's going to be a wealth play game for a lot of content creators. And just in terms of her brand, but also just of our understanding and her passion, I think organically there'll be products. We didn't just call the company Seller Jewelry, it's called Seller Group for a reason. So I think there's a lot you can expect, but I also just think that all the brands, you see how they're advertising. They're not going to Facebook or Ad Manager no more. They're paying creators on TikTok or Instagram. So let's cut the brands out of it and create your own. I think it's a good move uh, with Africa getting up to be digitized with the sea cables being lining up. I think it's going to give more consumerism on this um, continent, but more importantly, you're going to buy from who you love, who you trust. And I think this is a, a perfect move. Yeah. So 
What's the one thing you guys have both learned from running your business so far? And how long has it been so far? It's been four months now. Yeah, yeah we've just had four months going on. What's the one thing you've learned that you didn't expect going into this? I don't know if you want to answer that first. Oh, yeah. Look, <laughs> look at that. I will first start with turning followers into customers. It's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, and conversion. That conversion of value, that value conversion is not as seamless as what many people would anticipate. I think we were very trusting and very audacious in the beginning. And that's the journey of an entrepreneur, that you have to be audacious. You need that audacity to, to trust yourself. But, I, but initially, we're like, oh. One million followers. People are always asking, Candice, where do you buy your nosings? Candice, where do you buy your nosings? We might as well produce them ourselves. Yeah. And we felt like we would meet the demand, which we already have, but we thought the demand would be far more than what was initially anticipated. People also, it takes time. It really does take time for people to trust a brand new brand mm. altogether. And we're also grateful that it didn't boom instantly because we didn't have the right infrastructure to facilitate that and to accommodate if the demand was extremely high so i think that conversion by far has been one of the very difficult lessons but also the importance of the importance of marketing marketing is something that we simply can't take for granted especially because we are in the digital space we are in the creating space another one that i that has been a solid lesson and many more but i'm sure ganyuza has an hour to to tell yeah. you how, how many things he deals with Every single I'll try to summarize it to a few points. But I think number one is it always takes when you're planning something and a lot of people have business plans, they have all this kind of stuff. But you realize once you get onto the job, it takes maybe 100x or 10x more effort than in the beginning. So I think that was a shock because this wasn't the first time I built something online, but I didn't anticipate the amount of effort and problems and all that kind of stuff and i think the second thing is the value chain i think e-commerce is one of the biggest value chain type of businesses there is because like you said it's conversion but more importantly you have to mm -hmm. figure out what it's going to see how people don't like to read <laughs> yeah people actually don't, don't they don't oh no no so i work in a lot of like customer facing work and people just ignore all the information that you put for them Yes. And decide, you know what, I need to speak to a human being. And that's a trust factor yeah. about e-commerce in South Africa. That's always, I think that we have a very long way to go. And, when we're, to we're, and we're certainly people that gravitate towards visuals. So no matter how much you may put in your caption, if you put a video there going, nose ring off, nose ring on, they want to see that. They mm. actually do want to see that. But if you put in the caption, this nose ring is not permanent. Therefore, you can remove it and you can put it back on as you please in such and such an environment until you're actually painting the story for them. And, you know, you're, they see it in full effect. They are still apprehensive. That's been our go-to as well, ensuring that we are making things as clear as possible. Initially, having these beautiful pictures, photo shoots, my sisters, it worked, but it did. But did it carry the full messaging of what Sele was bringing forward? Which Sele is literally the last few letters of my surname, Mudisele. So we're like, okay, cool. We have this unique story, but what else is there? If people don't understand the product, then they're buying the idea of it, but they're not buying the reality. Yeah, and I think that the more any brand tells the story of the business, where it comes from, why you want to do this, why it should matter to the person on the other end, you're educating the customer into a better experience and they actually care about it a lot more. What have you guys done to tell your story in a lot more clear way to make sure you're connecting with the 
customers you truly, really care about? And what are the sort of results that you've gotten from that as well? I'll start off there. I think the first thing about getting the trust online is communication. I think mm. our customer service is there, like DMs and everything like that. I think that's very underrated. But like you said, people want to know and feel that a human there. And I think another thing that's offered is like customer service is delivery time. Because the first thing people want to ask once they give you their money when is, is it coming? <laughs> and if you stall in that process, it's a problem. But I don't know if you watch Seller like the, in its inception months, in the, the first and still now, but this especially in the predominantly in the beginning, a lot of we got a lot of customers trust through them receiving their products and posting it online and sharing like, hey, just got my seller. So, and people mm. would say, hey, I just ordered now, I got that. So that built the credibility and the customer service and making sure. So in terms of where we are, I think we're four months in and we haven't received any bad review or anything crazy. You haven't seen us shake on Twitter or anything like that. <laughs> so, but what I've noticed is you have to deliver. Some people might just be buying the brand and not, might, might know Candice as an actor, but not know as an entrepreneur and then have the faith. And then they'll be like, oh my God, this thing came so quickly. Customer service is so great. And this is beautiful and, and it's a lasting product. And then they go tell their friends or they refer it and they post. And I think that has created the snowball effect in terms of making our brand and business and letting people explain, okay, what this is and literally word of mouth, but in the digital sense. And mm. I think that's what's helped us in terms of explaining what our brand is. We also pride ourselves in a sense of community. And I mean, from my early days of learning more about marketing within the world of the arts, which is very a brief experience within my degree, is that one of the things that people love to hear the most, one of their favorite sounds is their name. Mm. And people love to feel like they're part of something exclusive. So we're never shy to share whatever posts that they may share with us. And uh, another big thing is we have something called the celebrities. So to also elevate that level of importance and to continuously give our thanks and to acknowledge the support that we get as the brand, not for any other reason, other fact that it's, it comes from a point of being intentional and also the genuine gratitude that we have, that people are trusting the brand so early within the process with very little other than your visuals and some referrals and posts here and there, but they're being so trusting from the onset, affordable prices as well. But also it's very niche. It's a niche product and you're genuinely literally not going to find it anywhere else on the South African soil. So it's so we're sitting pretty and we're not comfortable. And we we had to remind ourselves, I think even yesterday we had conversations about not being comfortable within the process and continuously elevating to make sure that we're expanding far past the people that we've mm. enjoyed. When you think about this sort of period, it's like Black Friday madness is already starting and stuff like that. Yeah. And everyone's thinking, you know, E-commerce is the great opportunity for small businesses to really tap into that Black Friday madness as well. Are you guys looking at that? Are you thinking about it? Of course. And yeah. Ganyuso had already planned for Black Friday in June. The best people yeah. do. In, in <laughs> so when we were setting the timelines for Sele, before we'd even actually started the business and we got the ball rolling already, he's, let's not forget, Black Friday. And we Googled, okay, 26th of November. I think mm. it's 26th, yeah? It's, it's the 20, 21st. 20. It's not 21st. I think it's a Friday. I think it's, I think it's the 26th. Yeah. I think it's a Friday. It's a 26th. I think Cyber Monday. I think it's Black Friday. It's the 26th of November. Okay, yeah, maybe you guys know more than I do. Oh, you are right. Yeah. It is yeah. 26th November. So I was like, okay, 26th November, let's rock. And we've been gearing up to that since. And yeah, he's yeah. cracked the whip. He's been. 
Yeah, just to add on top of that, it's a great opportunity. Festive period for anybody selling online. That's Black Friday, then you go into Christmas, then mm. come back to New Year, back to school, then it's Valentine's Day. So it's short-sighted just to only be planning for Black Friday when that's that. But obviously Black Friday is the first test. And it's, and like I said, you know how anybody buys. It's they want to feel trusting. So you've got to build up the credibility and you can't be like a fly by night come Black Friday. But more importantly, you have to be seen. And when you are seen, you got to make, you know, that attention worth it. You got to be funny. You got to be capturing. You got to send your message out in three seconds, get someone to click by add to cart and they get their delivery as quick as possible yeah. and then hopefully they post so it's about smoothing that whole transition understanding okay where can we make the customer experience better in all the different parts and play hence the app things like that understanding where can they find you how can you communicate in a more effective way push notifications versus email marketing so all those kind of things that you want to make sure is like how can we make sure that we're omnipresent and we're omniscient and we also give good vibes with our brand and product. We want to make sure that everyone is happy. So for instance, we're at the point where if the price is too high or anything like that, we will send you the product and we'll know you love the product. That's where we have to believe in our product before our customers can believe in the product. And then how do we make that time before someone makes a decision to owning a select product much shorter? So that's what Black Friday and all these festive periods are actually used for. And then making sure that your business formula works online. Yeah. You spoke about building community and how important that is to you guys. How are you consciously trying to do that? Especially in a time where people, you'll use one online store for the purpose that you need it for and then move on. How do you keep people inside the loop and like being able to identify with the people that are also buying these products and like connecting to each other in some way? I think one of the things that imaging for us has been very intentional because in the beginning, yes, we did have the shoot with my sisters and I. So it was... Uh, it was all very strategic, naturally, because we wanted that talkability, but also familiar faces, make it, it makes it a lot more trusting of a brand. But even with the models that we use, and I don't know if I'm answering your questions in an apt way, but I think our models, we want to be as representational as possible. Ganyus had mentioned that sometimes people can be short-sighted and one-dimensional in how they approach the world of jewelry. We've been to jewelry stores and done our research, and we've looked at the models around and it's like, you don't reflect the demographic, mm -hmm. nor does your product reflect the demographic. And it this particular one that we went to, we're like, oh, okay, so where's the jewelry for the men? And they were like, no, we just do like women's. And it's like, okay, but if we are reflecting the demographic of the country and essentially the world that we live in, we need to think of jewelry in a way of making it non-gendered. And that for us has been a very big thing, which is why after the shoot that I'd initially done, I was like, okay, I can't be the sole face of Sille. Absolutely, yes, I enjoy doing that. If we want to reflect everyone else, it's important to get the likes of Natin Takano, who's a non-gender, non-binary individual and was such a formidable pleasure to shoot with. We had Lucille Canal coming on board as a young colored woman and she was incredible to be on board. So we want Sele to represent the full demographic of the South African landscape mm. so that people aren't identifying it purely as young black woman because they identified with me. So that's a big thing. So introducing that sense of community for us through how we represent ourselves like that. But also just, again, like Nganyu said, mentioned the engagement that we have, the, hey, guys, what, like, even with the research that I do, like before we expand to the next range, I'm very quick to go on my stories and go, okay, guys, do you guys want to clip on nipple rings? Are you, like, are you guys keen for that? Mm. And then we gauge that. And it's always very promising. 
And, yeah. I, yeah. and I think just to add on top of that, to follow through with the engagement, we know around competitions, making sure that they can see, I think we're going to have a brunch soon as well. They get a real feel, so it's not just online, because I think uh, we are an online brand, but we also have an offline strategy, which is very important. And I think as the brand grows, as you see, you, you'll see activations and all that kind of stuff. But I think it all stems from being as close to your customer as possible, whether it be responding in the comments, DMs, posting quite often, engaging through newsletters, letting them know, hey, we're going to be here, come join with us and create that real brand affiliation and say, okay, this is why I'm supporting Seller. This is, I, I'm a celebrity. That's the whole point of it. So I think we are always looking for new channels of communication, new ways of engagement, but also how do we move that engagement from the surface level to a deeper level and yeah, taking them through. Yeah. What do you guys hope to achieve and what would growth look like? Growth is already starting to take shape and it's incredible because outside of just being an online store for jewelry, we are naturally anticipating more outside of just jewelry and possible other businesses. Yeah. To access previous episodes of this podcast, but also again access to other shows on our network, please visit lucha.com.